Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Support for today's show comes from the Reckless series by Cornelia Funk. Giving books as presents this holiday season, Cornelia Funk's Reckless, The Petrified Flesh follows treasure hunter Jacob Reckless and his companion Fox through adventures in the mirror world. You may have read Funk's middle grade series, Ink World. Reckless brings her rich storytelling to a more mature young adult and new adult reader. Reckless, The Petrified Flesh is available on Amazon, but publisher Breathing Books would love for you to find it at your local indie bookstore. For more info, visit www.breathing-books.com. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 136, and today we are talking about books released in December 2017 and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow well-redhead, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello! It's December! Reunited, and it feels so good. I know, I missed you. I had to come up with something, I was like, Amanda, my my fellow, um, and everything was like, evil. <laughs> <laughs> Book gods, the book gods, litigoths. I don't know. I'll come up with something. You guys did a great show together, though, and it was fun to listen to. Thank you. It's fun to do. Um, I'm happy to be back for the whole month because tomorrow afternoon we're going to record our two episodes about our favorite books of the year, and so we're going to get like lots of Liberty Rebecca quality time this week. Yes. And then we get, like, a little break. I know. Going to read whatever we want. That's what I say, but then I'll probably end up, like, reading more of my January and February reading to, like, get ahead. But, you know, I'm pretending that I'm going to read whatever I want right now. Teacher's pet. Yes. (laughs) Um, So you know how, like, the William Carlos Williams poem, like, that meme is, like, really big right Mm -hmm. now? I wrote you one. You did? Yes. (laughs) May I read it to you? Please. Okay. (laughs) This is just to say, I have drank the Red Bull that was in my office, in which you were probably hoping I'd save. (laughs) Forgive me. It was delicious. And I'm so tired and so old. (laughs) Oh, Liberty. I love you. (laughs) That's my way of saying I just chugged 20 ounces of Red Bull before we started recording. (laughs) Well, what else is new? I, I can't keep track of what day it is. I, don't, I have like two electronic calendars and a desk calendar and a wall calendar. And still, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to drink this Red Bull yet. I'll drink it later. And then I was like so tired. And then I drank it. And I was like, oh, it's showtime. <laughs> it's showtime. Whoops. Speaking of showtime, maybe we should talk about books. Oh, all right. um oh so i'll go first so we're doing like a kind of wrap up of our favorite books of the entire month because december is tough pickings that is nicely put so um these are coming out i think i don't know mine all may all be coming out tomorrow today but Mm -hmm. whatever my first is 
called The Vanishing Season by Joanna Schaufhausen. And it's a debut mystery, and it's fantastic. It's very dark, um, so if, you know, horrific things happening to young women is not your type of mystery, this, this is one you definitely want to skip. Um, but it's about, it starts in Chicago. There is a serial killer who is abducting young women and cutting off their hands. And his 17th kidnap victim ends up being rescued. She's the one that gets away from him. He goes to jail. He's never getting out. Um, and later on, she changes her name. Her name was Abigail. She has now changed her name to Ellery, or Ellie, it's her middle name. Um, she becomes a police officer, and she moves away, and she's living in this little tiny sleepy town where she doesn't think anything will ever happen in Massachusetts. Um, but uh, the summer after she moves there, uh, a local girl disappears, just like without a trace, but she had a terrible boyfriend, and they think the boyfriend might have done something, but they can't prove anything. Um, and so the police are really like, eh, she just left. But the thing that Ellery doesn't tell anyone is that she receives a birthday card that same week. I mean, no one knows that it's her birthday except people who knew who she used to be. And she hasn't told anyone that where she is or who she is or anything. So the next summer, another person goes missing. She receives another birthday card. She tries to tell her boss, like, I think there's something going on here. Like, this is the same time of year as the last person disappeared and her boss is like, no, coincidence. Third summer, another person disappears. They still don't want to listen to her. They're not taking her seriously. So the fourth summer rolls around. She decides she needs to do something about this because she thinks it's a pattern, even if they won't listen to her. Uh, so she contacts uh, FBI agent Reed Markham, who was actually the man who saved her when she was a young girl. Um, he is on a leave of absence from the FBI because things have gone horribly wrong for him later in his life. Um, he comes to visit her. And says, I definitely see a pattern here. Um, he has a couple of resources that aren't available to her. They also have a couple of shady things, like resources that they shouldn't use without permission. But they do anyway because like, they want to get to the bottom of this. Um, and they're, so they're on the hunt for clues to figure out like what these victims, these supposed victims have in common. And if they can't figure out what that is, then they want to try and figure out who the next person to go missing is going to be. Um, and so... It's a very solid first mystery. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, it's it's really well written, and I'm hope I don't know if it's going to be a series. I'm kind of hoping it's going to be a series, but it's super creepy and super good. And again, it's called The Vanishing Season by Joanna Schaufhausen, who like I'm sure she hears this a million times. But the whole time I was reading the book, I kept thinking Dr. Emile Schaufhausen, Dr. Emile Schaufhausen from Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Like that's all I could oh. hear. That's all I could hear in my head. <laughs> Because I grew like up it, in the 80s. Yeah. That sounds like it would be the b good beginning of a series. Yeah. I'm hoping there will be more with them because it, it, they're really fun. I enjoy these characters a lot. My first pick for December uh, is definitely in the Shinsky wheelhouse and um, hits on that whole self-improvement thing that tends to happen around the end of the year and the beginning of a new year, people making New Year's resolutions. It's called Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics. It's by Dan Harris, Jeff Warren, and Carlisle, um, Carly sorry, Adler. Um, Dan Harris is a news anchor who had a panic attack on live TV about eight or nine years ago, and that's how he he came to meditation. He was never interested in like meditation or yoga or any of those kinds of practices, but the science around meditation and around the way that it's known to lower blood pressure and to help with depression and anxiety and 
ultimately to rewire the brain, there's awesome research now about neuroplasticity and meditation, convinced him to try it. And because he's like a super type A go-getter, he went and found like well-known meditation teachers and learned all about it. And a few years ago, he wrote a book called 10% Happier that was about um, mindfulness, but also about like small practices that you can enact in your daily life just to try to get 10% happier and how that is not um, an insignificant incremental change in your happiness. So meditation for fidgety skeptics is kind of exactly what it sounds like. It's a like, so you're interested in meditation or it's been recommended to you or you want to know more about it, but you're kind of skeptical because what you see on TV is that like you have to set up a meditation room in your house and put a bunch of statues and make the ohm noise. And what does this all mean? So they break down you know, very clearly each chapter is built around um, either something that meditation is or something that it isn't or how to bust myths that people have about meditation. So one is the like, I don't have time to meditate. And they talk about the effects that even a two or five minute uh, period of time just sitting quietly, controlling your breath and looking at your thoughts each day could have. Or um, I can't turn my thoughts off. And he talks about like actually meditation's not about turning your thoughts off. It's about changing your relationship to your thoughts. And here's how we get at that. Um, he works with Jeff Warren, who is a really well-known and I think very creative meditation teacher. So the book will have like, here's a chapter about this thing. And then there is a couple pages of a guided meditation that that it tells you if you want to try this kind of meditation, here's what to do. And the cool thing is that if you read the book, you get access to special guided meditations in the 10% Happier app. Um, so you can have Jeff Warren read you those meditations and take you through them on your own time. Um, as somebody who has had a mindfulness practice for several years, and I am just finishing a yoga teacher certification, like I found a lot of really useful reminders and also a lot of really helpful language for um, teaching the techniques for thinking about my own practices. I think it's excellent for someone who is a beginner or who's even considering becoming a beginner, just giving it a shot. Um, and certainly the holidays are a time when we could all use a little extra quiet time. Um, it comes out December 26th. It's called Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics by Dan Harris. Awesome. Mm -hmm. You want to tell us about our first sponsor this week? It's also awesome. It is awesome. Third Love is back. You know how much we love them. Oh, we do. Yes. And it's holiday season. And you always want to look your best around the holidays with so many parties and reunions. But who has time to go to the department store? Who wants to go to the department store? At oh, Christmas? I no had way. to go today and I was like, oh, someone kill me, please. No, oh, well, and that explains only, the Red Bull. It's only the fourth day of December. It was pretty scary. Yeah. So, like, who wants to go to a department store? And when you finally pick out the right outfit, like, don't let it be ruined by an ill-fitting bra. This holiday season, give yourself the gift of third love, because what gifts are better than ones you give yourself? None. Third Love uses thousands of real women's measurements and super smoothing memory foam to create bras that are super comfortable and make you look and feel great. They, Third Love offers bras in sizes AA through G, as well as their exclusive half cup sizes. And with over 15 styles, including strapless and plunge, there's a bra for every holiday party look. 
And if you're not sure about your size, you can chat with a fit specialist or take their fit finder quiz as you shop from the comfort of your own home. Because again, who wants to go out there? Because Third Love knows it's the season to spread cheer, they're offering you 15% off your first purchase so you can feel and look your best this holiday season. So you go to thirdlove.com slash books to upgrade your holiday style with a perfect fitting Third Love bra and get 15% off your purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash books for a 15% off your first Third Love bra. And we thank them for sponsoring. Awesome. All right, lady, what's next on your list? Next on my list. I didn't do I should have done this at the beginning. Um, I want to, before I start this next book, I want to give a trigger warning for, um, childhood abuse and sexual assault because that is mentioned quite a bit in this book and I can't tell you about the book without mentioning it. Um, so I'll put a thing in the show notes to skip ahead if you don't want to listen. Um, so I find that comedians, I've read a lot of memoirs by comedians. They always seem to have the saddest childhoods. And in the case of Tiffany Haddish, who wrote this next book, The Last Black Unicorn, Hers is so sad, and it starts from, like, the first page. She's like, so I'm eight years old, and my mother is in a car accident, and she has a brain injury, and now she beats us and verbally abuses us and is losing her mind. And it's just, it's, she talks about, like, how when she was eight, she was living with her mom and her stepdad, who is a rotten person. Her dad had skipped out of him when she was very young. Um, and her mom has three other children with this, with her stepdad. So she's in this car accident and it's, you know, like brain damage as it's changed her brain. I mean, now she's very abusive to her children and it's pretty terrible. And it goes on for a long time until, uh, Tiffany is 12. They remove her from her mother's care because her mother just cannot handle herself. And she's put into foster care where she's beaten up by the girls that she lives with at the, the home and then she's put in a home where, where terrible things happen to her um, that I'll just, I won't go into detail. Um, and then when she's 14, she is, she goes to live with her grandmother. Um, and she gets to live with her grandmother through high school. And that's when things start to turn around for her. Um, she gets to be the school mascot. And it's like life changing for her. And she is super, she's so popular as the school mascot that like when she quits, cause she, she becomes the school mascot because she has a crush on one of the football players. Um, and when he won't go out with her, she decides to quit. But she, the principal actually pays her $50 a game to continue doing it because the crowd loves her so much. And she gets a job doing the same kind of thing, just going to... She gets uh, gigs at bar mitzvahs, and she just goes and, like, dances and acts crazy and gets the crowd going. And people love her. And she's recommended to go uh, to summer classes at the Laugh Factory, which is, like, a famous... Um, comedy store because I think I didn't mention that she lives in California and she gets to meet like all these amazing people like Richard Pryor and I'm losing all the other names of everyone else but a bunch of other (laughs) really important comedians and she has the best time so like things start to turn around for her it's really great but then she has to she has to drop out because she doesn't have the money to go to college Um, she makes some bad relationship choices the thing about this book is that she is so blunt she is so honest and she realizes like now like a lot of these things you know the things that happened to her were not her fault she realizes that a lot of the things that happened to her led her to make the choices that she made made later in life and she talks about like she has this new attitude like you know I'm just gonna own this and these are my stories and she uses them like in her comedy she does stand up now um she was in a movie this summer she was like the runaway hit of the movie um 
Girl Trip, I think it was called. I, I didn't. Oh, Girls Trip, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I've never actually seen her in anything, but um, she's just, you know, everyone thinks she's the funniest. She was just recently the first um, black female comedian to host SNL, like, for the first time in its history, which is kind of alarming, but amazing for her. And it's... You know, I just can't believe it. I was like, really? That that's the first time in like forty something years. Seriously, it's crazy. But she's she's just so endearing and funny, and like I said, you know, she's honest. She talks about like you know, she's like I have I make bad decisions when it comes to men, and she talks about like taking like secret classes to try and learn more about men, and just it's it's really it's really as much as like all that horrible sad stuff that I mentioned because it, it is really upsetting. Um, you know, she has, like, the most amazing attitude and has really turned it around for herself. And she's fantastic. So, I and she's certainly just getting started now. So, um, it is called The Last Black Unicorn, and it is by Tiffany Haddish. All right. My next one this week. This was a really fun read, and I owe a thanks to you for recommending it to me when I was Yay. flailing around. Like, I had a really hard time finding December books that I was interested in. I tried a bunch of things and put them down. Like, this was just not my month. And so this was a perfect recommendation. It's called Roomies. It's by Christina Lauren. Um, this is a really charming and fun contemporary romance. It's about a woman named Holland. She is 25. She works at a Broadway theater. Um, where one of her uncles has written and is in the process of, um, he composed uh, one of, he composed like the most popular musical. Like imagine how popular Hamilton is, that's this thing in the book. Um, so she's working at the theater, their uh, lead actor is changing, and they are also losing one of the key members of the orchestra. And her uncle is like struggling to figure out they know who the actor is that's going to come in and replace the lead but they're struggling to figure out who's going to replace this orchestra member who plays some very key duets with that um, lead performer meanwhile for the last six months holland has been going out of her way on the way to work um, to take a certain subway that she doesn't even really need to get on because there is a gorgeous man playing music on a classical guitar in the subway station and she has a huge crush on him um she refers to him as jack in her mind and like to her best friend and she you know just takes the subway every day and goes to see jack and thinks that he's amazing and it dawns on her that the kind of music that he's playing and the talent that she thinks that she sees in him are exactly what her uncle needs in the orchestra of his musical to replace the person who's leaving. So she takes her uncle uh, to see him perform and they agree and they're trying to recruit him. His name turns out to actually be Calvin. He's Irish. Uh, he has a lovely accent. They recruit him to play in the musical, but things do not go very easily because he's in the country illegally. He overstayed a student visa that expired years ago. So Holland, who is normally pretty reserved, gets the notion that she should marry him so that he can get a green card and stay in the country. So they're strangers, they agree to get married, and thus begins the marriage of convenience story, which it's a romance, so you know how it ends. Um, but the way that the story is constructed and also the way that Holland and Calvin sort of discover their relationship with each other and the ups and downs that it takes, plus just all of the fun musical details, I thought made it really fun. The voice of this is really fresh. It is super contemporary. So Holland, you know, talks the way that a lot of us talk. Um, she refers to things on the internet. It feels, you know, very of the moment. Um, 
listening to her tell her story felt kind of like listening to one of my friends talk about going on Tinder dates. Um, so it, it was just a really fun read. It was exactly what I was looking for. Um, comes out this week, December 5th. So if you are looking for something light to take on holiday travel or as an escape from uh, stressful family situations or just because you like romance, I thought this was a really great one. Um, it's not super uh, detailed in the steamy section. So also if maybe you're thinking about trying out a romance or you're new to it, this would be a cool place to start. Again, it's called Roomies. It's by Christina Lauren. I'll have to read it. I just yes, I haven't read it, but I I heard a bunch of people talking about how great it was, and you were like, it was I don't really, know what to read. So. I I know, and like I should know at this point that when you're flailing around and you don't know what to read, the the answer is almost always just pick up a romance and like get going. <laughs> so sure. it was good to have that reminder. My next book is probably my favorite of December, and it is No Time to Spare: Thinking About What Matters by Ursula K. Le Guin, Ooh. and. Oh, it's so, so, so good. It's a collection out from HMH of essays and blog posts that she has written over the years. She's 87 now. Um, And it it opens with her first uh, blog post in 2010. She said that she saw that Jose Saramago was blogging. And as much as she hates that word, she decided she was going to try it for herself. Um, Because while... It's this way that a lot of authors interact with strangers in an endless conversation, you know, through comments and, and, the, and social media. She doesn't like to do that, but she does like to put her thoughts out there, and she thinks it's fun. Um, so it's just this collection of, of her thoughts, and of course, she's a genius, so you know that they're incredibly smart. She talks about technology, she talks about the environment, um, how, you know, we're focusing, she thinks, on all the wrong things right now. In regards to the future, she talks about aging, um, how hard it is to age, like how, you know, 70 might be the new 90, but where she feels like society doesn't do any favors to the elderly by telling them, oh, you're not old, like when they get older. Um, and she doesn't think that that people really understand what it is to age until they're they're that age. You know, she she really hates the expression, you're only as young as you as you feel. She's like, because then I feel like I'm a million years old and, you know, I can't do these things anymore. Um, there's also a section about her cat. She got oh, a new cat. So, and, the, and um, there was this really cute thing that I, I just wanted to read really quickly, um, which I now think that I have lost somewhere, but it was really funny. She's talking about, like, how, you know, um, her body is giving up on her and how her husband, his body is giving up on him, like how, you know, they're both in their 80s now and it's really hard. Um and they talk about, how, she was talking about how they can no longer just walk the nine blocks to the grocery store down the street from them. Um, it's a wonderful freedom, much missed. I've had to go back to the routine of my childhood when we did the shopping once a week. No running down to see what looks fresh and good for dinner or to pick up a quart of milk. Everything has to be planned ahead and written down. If you don't get the cat litter on Tuesday, well, you don't have any cat litter until next Tuesday, and the cat may have some questions for you. <laughs> it's just, you know, she talks about going to pick out her cat. His name is Pard, as in, like, Leopard. Um, he, he sounds fantastic. There's also a part where she talks about receiving a questionnaire along with an invitation for her 60th class reunion for Harvard. Oh, wow. Um, and she talks about, like, some of the questions and why they're asking them, and she ends up sending it back with a bunch of notes in the margins, and, <laughs> like, about their questions instead of, like, <laughs> answers, which, of course, she is, because, again, she's a she's genius. She's Yeah, she's a genius. Um, she's just so, so smart, and it made me a little sad while I was reading this, because she's 87 now. 
Um, but I'm glad that we have this to read and to keep with us always. There's also an excellent, excellent introduction by Karen Joy Fowler. If you've never read her, she's fantastic and a huge fan of Ursula K. Le Guin, and she does a great job with it. So again, it is called No Time to Spare, Thinking About What Matters, and it's by Ursula K. Le Guin. That is so funny. (laughs) Imagine just getting edited by her. Oh, yeah. Um, our next sponsor this week. It's time for that. We are sponsored this week by Owl Crate and talking about things that are perfect for the holidays. Owl Crate is a monthly subscription service that delivers bookish fun straight to your door. Each box contains one brand new hardcover young adult novel, as well as a whole bunch of bookish keepsakes that help you set the mood for your next literary adventure. Every box is built with a super fun and creative theme in mind, and it also includes special goodies that come straight from the author. Owl Crate has a brand new box for younger bookworms, too. It's called Owl Crate Junior for readers about ages 8 through 12 or anybody who's young at heart. So you can get you know a brand new book and a bunch of themed items, usually three to five goodies each time around. Um, just really awesome. So go to owlcrate.com to check it out. Oh, can I tell you one thing? Please. Speaking of raptors, um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw my video the other day, but like on, I think it was Saturday, the birds, I have like, you know, those tiny little birds that make all kinds of noise. They were, there was like 50 of them in my backyard and they were like, like so loud. I even said like, wow, the birds are super loud today. And they were like, yeah, we are. Chirp, 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 chirp. And all of a sudden like dead silence. I was like, what just happened? And I looked out in the back and sitting on the bird feeder and the fence right beside it was a huge hawk. Well, that'll do it. And he was like, um, chirp? I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, they don't chirp. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, it was It was just like right in my backyard. It was, right there. It was so cool. Anyway, all right. In my uh, yoga training, when we would get like way off topic on someone, somebody would say that a squirrel got loose. <laughs> and I feel like that just happened to us. We just had a squirrel. Well, you were mentioning owls and they are raptors, and, you know. That's true. Okay. Related. Not a total squirrel. Uh, <laughs> Half squirrel. I love you, Liberty. That's like a diving uh, move. Half squirrel. Anyway. <laughs> It's like an obscure yoga pose. Uh, (laughs) My next pick this week, this is from earlier in the year. I'm just getting to it and I'm really into it. So I wanted to recommend it. Um, It's called Bored and Brilliant, How Spacing Out Can Unlock Your Most Productive and Creative Self. It's by Manoush Zomorodi. She has been the host of WNYC, which is public radio in New York, um, of a popular podcast and radio show there called Note to Self. And in 2015, she realized that her relationship to the technology that was supposed to be helpful in her life, you know, her phone and constantly being able to text and check email and be on social media was actually creating additional stress. And on top of that, like, it's not a surprise to anybody that our access to technology can be a double-edged sword. But on top of that, she realized that she didn't feel like she was having as many new and creative ideas as she used to have. And she wanted to recapture that. So she started doing a lot of research on creativity. And it turns out that a lot of creativity comes out of moments of boredom or moments where your brain is in what's called the default mode. This is like what your brain is doing when you're washing dishes or taking a shower or walking the dog. And you feel like you're just spacing out, not doing anything, but really there's a lot going on. 
neurologically and that's where creativity lives. And when we do the thing where like we can't stand in line to check out for groceries without taking our phones out, we don't allow ourselves the space to have those bored but creative moments. So she created this challenge for listeners of her podcast called Bored and Brilliant um, that Tens of thousands of people did. It ran for one week where there was a different task for each day of the week that was supposed to help you identify your patterns with technology and also how to make them more useful to you. Like she says repeatedly, and I love that this is not an anti technology book. She is a longtime tech writer. She values what technology can do in our culture and in our lives, but it's about making the technology work for you instead of making you feel like enslaved to your phone or even just that you get in that loop where like you're not doing anything in the evening. And so you check Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, and then you open your email. And then when you close your email, you go back to Instagram and then back to Facebook and then back to Twitter. And it just sort of runs in circles pointlessly. Um, she's talking about learning to break those habits. Um, So the book explores this challenge that she did and the tasks there. And you can take those those tasks and do the challenge in your own life, but also really pulls together a lot of the social and sort of social science research that is existing now and a lot of the neurological stuff about um, what technology does with our minds, with neuroplasticity, how technology is changing our brains and how we can change our relationship to it to feel less stressed out, like to utilize it in a way that makes it work for us, but that doesn't just drive us crazy. Um, I'm really, really liking it. I'm about three quarters of the way done with the audiobook. I'm going to be sending myself on this Bored and Brilliant Challenge, I think, after the first of the year, um, just to see. I definitely feel like I could spend less time looking at my phone. Um, so it's Bored and Brilliant, How Spacing Out Can Unlock Your Most Productive and Creative Self by Manoush Zomorodi. It came out in September, so you can snag it now. Nice. Yeah, I think a good book for like a science-y kind of person in your life um, who wants to be you know, using their phone less. You could give this as a passive aggressive gift to like the person that can't go through dinner without taking their phones out and that everyone is annoyed by, but that's not very nice. Um, So maybe just, you know, check it out. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, maybe they won't pick up on it. So who knows? They'll never read it because they'll set their, they'll never set their phone down. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, But I'm really, really liking it. I think there's a lot of useful and easy tips. It's not an overwhelming, like you must abandon all technology. Awesome. Time What's last for, for my you? last one. This Bring one it is home. so good. My last pick is Elmet by Fiona Mosley. Mosley, I should say. I'm gonna guess Mosley. Um it's she it was the only man booker nominee this year that I hadn't read. Like when the long list came out, I was like, I must have this. Um and contacted my people across the pond because I wanted to read it so badly. And it's so good. Um it is about a family named uh, Daniel and Kathy. Daniel is 14 and his sister Kathy is 15 and they live with their father John, sort of like in the woods. First they were out there living in trucks and now they have a little house. Um, There was some problem with some bullying at school and their grandmother was taking care of them but she could no longer take care of them so their their father moved them out into the woods and they basically live this little fairy tale existence in the woods with their dad except occasionally seeing their neighbor who helps uh, give them lessons. Um... We, we don't really know what happened to the mother. We get, like, glimpses throughout the story of of what her deal was. And we know that the land that they're living on in the woods belongs to her, supposedly. Um, and their father is a very large, frightening man who makes his money 
fighting. They have, like, these fights for money where, like, clans from, like, neighboring towns and stuff who have been at war um, for a long time or just not liked each other, like, they they hire somebody to fight out their fight for them and they bet on it. And he also makes his money collecting debts. That's how they survive. And Daniel is the, is the sensitive one. He keeps the house and does the cooking, and Kathy does the hunting. Um, and they're sort of like living, like I said, like this little fairy tale life um, in the woods until it turns out that the mother did not actually own the land that they live on, and the legitimate landowner shows up, and he's a bad man, and everything goes horribly wrong. And it sort of ends in this fevered pitch of Shakespearean violence that's a bit over the top for some people, but I thought it was amazing. It's just this really dark fairy tale. Um, and the language, she's such a beautiful writer. It reminded me a lot of Helen Oyeyemi or Sarah Perry, um, the novelist who wrote Essex Serpent. Um, just just so dark, and but so, so beautiful. And she's uh, Fiona um, Mosley is so young. I think she's like 28 or something. So I'm very excited to see what comes next from her. I'm sure we're going to get lots more. So again, it is called Elmet, and it is by Fiona Mosley. Ooh, I've started that one, but I haven't finished yet. And I love the like sinister kind of creeping feeling at the beginning of like, what's this going to be? Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> All right. Oh, I lost my notes. Mm-hmm. Hang on. Disaster. Oh, no. <laughs> I found them. I just accidentally closed the tab that I needed. Okay. <laughs> That's my life. I know. All the time. Um, I feel like I would be, I wouldn't be, but I should be maybe embarrassed to confess like how many tabs I keep open on a regular basis. I wonder if there's a challenge for that. <laughs> Someone <laughs> should, should write a book about closing the tabs. Um, okay, my last pick today is a December release that I didn't get an advanced copy of, so I'm going to be buying when it comes out tomorrow. Um, it's The Three Daughters of Eve by Alif Shafak. Um, this is a new novel from the author of the, she wrote The Architect's Apprentice and The Bastard of Istanbul, and she is um, probably the most well-known Turkish novelist working today. Um, This is about a woman named Peri. She is beautiful and wealthy. Um, She lives in Turkey. She's on her way to a dinner party at a mansion by the sea when a beggar takes her handbag. um, And as she is like wrestling with him trying to get it back a photograph falls out um it's a polaroid of three young women and their professor it's from the past and a past love that perry has tried desperately to forget um so she i'm looking at the um, publisher's description now it says that she arrives at the party she navigates the tensions that simmer in the crossroads between the east and the west between religious and secular between rich and poor and over the course of the dinner terrorist attacks um, occur. And in Perry's mind are memories that are evoked by this almost lost picture um, that she has just rediscovered. That sounds like a beautiful setup. Um, I have really enjoyed Elif Shafak's, um, or Elif Shafak's other work. Um, so again, this is The Three Daughters of Eve, comes out December 5th. We can all go pick it up together. It's because it's December. I know. I'm going to be 35 in a couple weeks. This is my birthday. I think I'm too old to celebrate my birthday month, but since we're in December, this is the this is the month in which my birthday occurs and it's my favorite time of year. I love the holidays. Like, I'm in full-on celebration mode over here. And I got you the best present. Oh my gosh. You're going to hate wait. it, but I loved it, so I'm fine with that. I saw it and I was like, oh, Shinsky. So. Ever since you told me that it was coming 
directly to my house like every time the doorbell rings. I'm like, is this going to be it? It's going to be a while because they couldn't figure out how to like make it go to your house. So now it has to come to my house first. (laughs) Now I can put my DNA all over it before I send it to you. Well, that obviously is the best. (laughs) I'm I'm so intrigued. Yeah. Um, We will make sure to give the listeners an update on the saga of the Christmas gift. Yeah. When the man, like last week on the show, I said to a man, I said, welcome back after three minor concussions between the last time you were here. So just remember that when you open the present that I got you. (laughs) So that's it for December books. Yep. What are you going to read now? I got the new Megan Abbott this morning. (gasps) I'm so jealous. Uh, As soon as we're done here, I'm going to start reading it. It's called Give Me Your Hand. I don't know what it's about. I can't see it anywhere in my office, which leads me to believe that the cats have taken it somewhere. Um, So, but it's Megan Abbott. So what else do you need to know? It's going to be awesome. What are you going to read next? Whatever the fox I want, because it's the holidays. Um, Probably I'm going to go pick up, um, I can never keep them straight, the last book in the Kevin Kwan Crazy Rich Asians series. Oh, yeah, no, I can't keep them straight. Um, (laughs) I've read Crazy Rich Asians, and I just read China Rich Girlfriend. So whatever the third one of the series is, um, I just devoured it on my travels recently. The second one, I think those books are so much fun, and they're so well-written and um, perfect for kicking back. My yoga training finishes on December 17th. So after that, I'm going to like have more reading time like a person again. Uh, so probably some fun books over the holidays, but I think that might be my first pick. Rich people maybe, problems. I was going to say, maybe by the time we have show notes, we'll know which book it is. Rich people problems. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> How is it? I don't, I feel like that's been out forever. How is it only, it came out in May. That's crazy. So. I know this year, the, like the timeline has been strange on 2017. I think we can all agree to that. Yes. So, that's it. That is it. Thank you for um, letting me come back after I, you know, ran away last week. That's all right. You're going to do it to me again, and that's fine. Now that I put that chip in that present I'm sending you, it'll be easier to find you. It's just that Amanda and Jen and I are just sharing custody of you now. (laughs) Well, I am a lot to handle. (laughs) Um, Thank you again to our sponsors. Um, You can check out Cornelia Funk's Reckless at breathing-books.com. Go to thirdlove.com slash books to get going with a third love bra or owlcrate.com to kick off an owlcrate subscription for the young adult or middle grade readers in your life. You can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com or hit us up on Twitter. I'm Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. Liberty is Miss Liberty. If you want to give us a little holiday gift of your own, you don't even have to leave DNA on it. You can just leave us an Apple podcast review or rating. We would be most appreciative. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, we just don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And in the meantime, in the meantime, happy happy reading. reading.